Listeners beware. There's no turning back now. You've entered the Horrorpocalypse Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horror Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot to start recording. I gotta start doing this. But anyway, yeah, we'll just screw it. Next next week it'll be even better. Oh, Everything I said, go back and watch the video on Facebook. But who wants to go first? Guests, I heard. Yeah, sure. I was gonna say go right ahead. Right. Okay, thanks. Uh I would say the the majority of what I've been watching lately is actually the HBO series Oz. Uh, my husband and I kind of got into that a couple of weeks ago, and it just sort of totally escaped our viewing uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s. Um, so we're revisiting it now, and it's pretty awesome, um, really compelling. Have you guys watched that series? Is that the prison series? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've never seen it. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen one single episode of it whenever it was on. Yeah, so it seems to be, you know, an early version of, what we see in these prestige dramas now where it's like continuous a continuous storyline and not just episodic events um it's it's really i mean from the very first episode we were just blown away it totally exceeded all of our expectations um so i would definitely recommend it um all the characters are so rich um I, i i would like to find out why the writer and creator of the show uh, was able to create such an authentic looking series. Like, I don't know if he shadowed some prison staff for a year, you know, a la the, the creator of Homicide, something like that. But um, it's very, very compelling TV. So we're just zooming through it. Um, obviously, I watched The Vigil. I actually watched it twice in the past week just to kind of like really get it, you know, familiar in my mind. Um, and to kind of go along with that, I also... Um, after chatting with Michael briefly about Jewish horror, um, decided to revisit The Possession um, from, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years ago, as well as The Golem, um, the 1920 silent film. So just um, kind of, I think those are kind of the, the touch points of, of Jewish horror. So kind of the main, main you known did a, ones. A newer version, a newer updated version of The Golem, which is uh, absolutely frightening. Um mm about a, a woman who um, I guess she loses a child. She lives in like this, this village, she loses her child and she kind of can't cope with it. So she creates um, a golem child. And of course, you know what happens with the, with golems and the, the havoc that comes from that uh, really tense and disturbing. I didn't know about that. Thanks for telling me. Um, I, I'd like to see that. I may have to wait a few years. I'm, mm. I have young children now, and so I'm very sensitive I hear you. to things happening to young children. It used to not bother me, and now it does. So uh, I'll put that on the list for down the road, I think. Um, so that's, that's really the majority of what I've been watching lately. All right. Nice. Chris? Nice. Um, oh, I got nothing. No, no. I, I, I finished... Uh, I've got like two episodes left of Stargirl um, I need to catch up on. Um, I finally started watching Batwoman this season. And I'm digging Superman and Lois, by the way. I, I, if 
has uh, either of you watched it yet? I watched even the remotely care. <laughs> I watched the fight scene between Superman and Lex, um, where he looks like Master Chief. Yeah, um, yeah. I watched that fight, and that was pretty intense. Uh, pretty good for a CW show. So it really is not like they. The stuff that they did with Supergirl was was good. Now they realize again with the Man of Steel, they have to, you know, uh, uh, kick it up a notch. So it's 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 pretty good, and it's got a really good drama to it too. Uh, with the kids and everything. Cool. Um, uh, was there anything else horror related? This weird? no, I don't. I, I even uh, made made a short list, and it, there's nothing else on it. Uh, <laughs> that was a short list. It was a very very <laughs> short list. Um, but yeah, no, that that's uh, that's it really. What uh, what about you, sir? Well, <clears throat> it's been a long time since I've been able to create an entire list of, of movies that I have watched. Um, in listening to another uh, podcast, they were doing a, they, they got tired of horror. So they wanted to kind of branch out and do something different. Uh, I guess somebody made the recommendation for them to do Andy Sedaris films. If anybody knows who Andy Sedaris is, uh, he is a late eighties, early night, mid to late eighties, early nineties, almost a uh, sexploitation style director. Uh, but all his movies are um, mystery action. They, they do have Eric Estrada in them. Uh, there was one that had um, Pat Morita and seeing Pat Morita get busy with a playboy playmate was a little <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see that. But that's how Andy Sedaris, all, all his stars were like playboy playmates. Everybody in the movies um, play they're, they're in almost every movie but they play different characters in each movie so you're like oh hey it's him. oh no it's not I mean it's him but it's not what the hell is going on here so there's lots of stuff like that so I decided I was going to sit down and watch the lethal ladies uh, movie series and I watched Malibu Express hard ticket to Hawaii Picasso trigger Savage Beach guns do or die and hard hunted and I'm only halfway through is now the name sounded kind of familiar when you when you said Andy Sedaris, so I was like, that name sounds a little familiar. Um, is he Skinamax? Was he like? Yes. Like, okay. All right. That that's <laughs> that all makes fact, sense now. The, I believe one of the first movies I ever saw his uh, way back in the day. Anybody watch WCW when it was on? W's uh, lo- mm-hmm. well, you know, a long time ago. Do you remember the wrestler Buff Bagwell? Yes. Marcus yes, Bagwell. Yes. He acted in one of the movies called uh, Day of the Warrior, and he played the warrior. And he was just this, you, uh, know, you know, Buff Bagwell. And, yeah, with the chainmail over the head, right? I'm thinking of the right guy. No, no, that was um, the one that wore the chainmail cowl was uh, uh, not. Oh, my God. I can't remember his name. Um, Big Papa Pump. I, oh. I, forget, I forget his yeah, real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, now I'm drawing a blank on bag. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. I'm anyway, just gonna Google his name. He he wore in in the the movie. He wears a giant like Indian chief headdress and war paint and a loincloth. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, yeah, Julie Strain acted in a lot of the movies. Uh, God rest her soul. Um, so she. Uh, it, part of why I'm doing the series is I want to go back and, and revisit, but it also to kind of uh, in memoriam her this year. So we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, uh, it's not going well, but I'm having fun watching them. I get to kind of riff on them by myself. So 
Hey, Michael, is uh, Andy Sedaris any relation to Amy or Michael? Or uh, not Michael, David Sedaris? No, not that I know of. I just never heard anybody with that, anybody <laughs> else with that last name before. So, oh, uh, according Kevin to said this, Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner. Uh, uh, Thank you, Kevin. Uh, it does not. Oh, wow, he has a website. All right, let's check out his website. <laughs> well you're doing that we're going to move on to the next segment uh Jacqueline you were really it seemed excited about the fright bite you were <laughs> looking for something to get what'd you, what'd you find for our fright bite all right so my fright bite today is red velvet cupcake pop tarts oh my and apparently it's back uh I didn't know it ever went anywhere because I didn't know it existed <laughs> in the first place so um but it's back apparently. So I thought I'd grab this for my fright bite because All I right. love anything red velvet oriented. Yeah, my, so, my girlfriend's the same way. Mm-hmm. Anything uh, yeah. with a, a cream cheese frosting does it for me. Exactly. I'm totally with you. Um, I think buttercream is gross. Yes. So Agreed. yeah, that's, that's really what makes it is the cream cheese frosting. So I mean, I w- I'll never say no, no. but, <laughs> but well, yeah. Yeah. My wife says she wished she had known there were 12 movies when we started watching. It's getting painful. So, <laughs> <laughs> she's, oh, only watched like, she's only watched like four of the seven that I've watched. So That's that's still a lot, Michael. That's, <laughs> a lot. that's, that's not a few. Alright, so here's the, uh, the red velvet Pop-Tart. Comes in the familiar foil pouch that we all know and love. That's now. Oh, no one else so, saw that commercial. Huh? Just me. Uh, it's frosted. I prefer the frosted kind. My husband prefer, prefers unfrosted pop tarts, which I think is bizarre. But your also does your husband also doesn't like horror movies. Uh, it's. But, but I don't know non- how we're holding this marriage together. <laughs> non-frosted well, we pop tarts were the original pop tarts. What's that? A non-frosted were the original. Then all of a sudden it was like, oh look, these are frosted, and now when you get them unfrosted, it's light. It's disgusting. Basically, the yeah. original recipe. Yeah, but those are the healthy ones because they don't have yeah. frosting. But it's actually probably good for our marriage because this way we aren't eating each other's pop tarts. So that's good. You can't say healthy and pop tart in the same sentence. <laughs> well, you know, if you're trying to rationalize, you can. True. true. <laughs> so here's our delicious looking pop tart. I didn't bother toasting it or anything. I like them just regular. Yeah. It tastes very cream cheesy. All right. For sure. Mm, that Does might actually be kind of overpowering any other flavor. Does it taste like red velvet at all? The crust, the crust part does okay. here. Yeah, on the edges. So I would say that's a pretty, um, pretty good, you know, representation of, of the red velvet cake. So. Do you think yeah. that's one of them that probably should be heated up? Maybe to like get the full experience. Maybe so. That uh, that might have been better. Yeah. Maybe. But uh, it's still pretty good. Like I, I will enjoy this for sure. Um, if you like red velvet cake, this tastes pretty much just like it. I would say maybe have a glass of milk. It's a little dry. Have a glass of milk nearby, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe heat it up. But otherwise, that's that's a winner. I think. My wife says unfrosted is the only way to go. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jacqueline, I think we're gonna have to double date. I, 
I've seen people get divorced for less things. <laughs> oh. Pop tart preferences. Yeah, that's wow. Well, you know, nobody's right. perfect. <laughs> what you got, Chris? Oh, you want me to go? I'll go. All right. Um, keeping on my weird findings at, at stores around here, um, I came across. Now I'm a I'm a fan of uh, uh, dill flavored chips and stuff like that. Oh, so uh, nice. I. I found this company. Wait, wait for it. Michael, wait. You haven't gotten to the best part. Last <laughs> time was a quinoa chip. This time it's a creamy dill lentil chip. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, Can we put healthy and chip in the same sentence? Yes. Uh, with the word lentil in it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, I All was right, thinking uh, lentil. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> Why is Barbara Streisand in this bed? <laughs> uh, so here we go. It uh, doesn't really smell a whole lot like dill. But... I think the lentil is going to overpower the dill. It's it did rare. in the beginning, but at the end, it was all dill. Okay. The dill develops? Yeah. Can you really taste the dill weed? I see what you did there. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm impressed. Mm -hmm. I am. I like how you slid that in there, like kind of nonchalant. <laughs> it was really cool. Really cool. <clears throat> Die. Anyway. Um, Boy, so why don't you feel bad tomorrow? I know. <laughs> um, so this thing, the very first thing on here is lentil flour. So they can't say that, you know, it's not made with lentils. It's not bad. I mean, I would definitely... Yeah, if this is one of those things where you can't eat certain things, like it says it's a non-GMO product and grain-free and stuff like that, but uh, I guess it would be fine for that. Okay, it's not the best thing in the world, but it's not bad. Is there any universe in which you would voluntarily choose that over a regular potato chip? <laughs> yeah, actually there is. Because if you're holding a regular Lay's potato chip and it's not kettle, I'll go with this. Okay. I, I, I like kettle chips. I like them really, really crunchy. So uh, th this will this will satisfy that crunch more than the regular Lay's would. I, I I too love kettle chips, especially when you're having like tuna. It's fantastic. Oh yeah. But oh, it's so good. But if you had to hold up one of those thin, practically see-through Lay's potato chips and said, "Have this or have this quinoa chip that your wife got you two weeks ago," I'm still going for the see-through potato chip. <laughs> By the way, I finished those quinoa chips, and if you put like cheese with them, you even like you know cheese and crackers, are not that bad. <laughs> the purpose. So is... if you add lots and lots of fat, it's not so bad. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I right. got my own. I don't need to add more. It, and it was the best. The best kind of fat. It was string cheese. So. Oh yeah, I've been buying those up lately. For some so reason, buy. you can find them oh. in the stores here. Oh my god, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, Michael, would you uh, ring for us this fine evening? Well, uh, I told my wife today that when I got out of work, you know, I had some stuff to, to do. And then she texted me that she was going to Publix and wanted to know if, I, you know, to get cereal for me and stuff like that. I got the weekend off. And uh, did I have anything for my fright bite? And I said, no, I was going to try to sneak the cinnamon toast crunch milk in again. Hopefully nobody forgot about or everybody forgot about that. So I could try it again. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I said, no. It was like two weeks ago. Everybody yeah. remembers. <laughs> it was so fantastic. <laughs> uh, I haven't had it since because so much sugar and carbs in that. 
And uh, speaking of sugar and carbs, my wife went ahead and got me Vortman's Key Lime Wafers baked with real limes. I held those in my hand. Really? That is, oh God, she got those at Publix? Yeah. That's hysterical. Okay. That would have been great. We've never done the same like by accident, you know, like, oh, oh, she's wearing the same dress as me. Um, so No, I, th- I think we did that once that I, I had the exact same thing you had. Really? Yeah, I think so. I, think I have no there. recollection of this. Yeah, yeah. Sounds familiar. Anyway. It was. Ah, thank you. My girlfriend huh? has attention. She said it was. It was water. We both had the same water. We did? Okay. Apparently so. Which one? had water the same day. It was different. Oh, that doesn't oh, matter. All right, so same thing, just different. Same thing, just different. different okay. okay. Right. Your first bite was water? Yeah, well, I'm a water sommelier, <laughs> so hold yourself, Jacqueline, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. How big is this thing? That's what she said. Um, <laughs> oh, no, they're yeah. stuck together. Hold on. There we go. That's also what she said. <laughs> right before she called the doctor. All right, so. They, the only I love these things. I really do. The only thing I, they're so fragile. But here's, Wafer, yeah, a few of them. Okay, so here we go, right into the microphone. Mm-hmm. Well, tastes just well, like we... key lime. Tastes just like key lime. Anything really... with flavored key lime, it's really good. Not as like a a sharp tart that you get like when you eat a piece of key lime pie, but it is a very subtle key lime flavor. And um, yeah, I could definitely sit down and eat this entire package, which we would not want to do because <laughs> it is uh, 30 grams of sodium per serving. Uh, one serving is three wafers. Um, three wafers is 22 grams of carbs and 16 grams of sugar, including 16 grams of added sugar. So uh, by the time you were done with this, you would need at least two insulin shots and a weekend in the hospital. So uh, I'm just going to stick with my three-way fails. I really love the fact that you're saying Wafar. Like, <laughs> I, and I know exactly that you're talking about Monty Python. Mm-hmm. I, there are so many people who don't get that. I, I, whenever someone around here says, like, Thin Mint or Wafer, it's like a Wafar thing. <laughs> It's a wafer thing. <laughs> oh, so... <laughs> there it is. I need bring, a... bring me a bucket. <laughs> but it's a wafer. So <laughs> he just places <laughs> it on his tongue and jumps away. Loads. So oh, uh, we got to cover some Lonnie Python. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right. So <laughs> with that, we're going to jump into uh, tonight's movie. Uh, which was actually picked today by Jacqueline. Uh, Jacqueline, do you want to go ahead and do the honors and cover what the movie's about? Sure. Uh, so just broadly speaking for a kind of quick summary, uh, the movie is about a young man named Yaakov who uh, used to be a member of the Orthodox Jewish community, but we find out from the beginning he has left this community for reasons that we don't yet know. Um, and he's trying to learn how to make his way in a more in a secular world, basically. Um, <clears throat> so we see him participating in this kind of support group type situation where um, there are other 
folks in a similar position who are trying to, um, you know, kind of assimilate into uh, a secular world. And after leaving uh, one of the meetings, he's approached by a, a member of the Orthodox community who asks him if he wants to serve as a shoimer, which uh, I believe is a Yiddish word. And it's a person who is either a friend or a family member of someone who has passed away, or it can be someone who is hired by the family to watch over the recently deceased person overnight until the body can be um, taken and prepared the next morning uh, for burial. Uh, the purpose of this, as I understand it, is to guard the, the spirit or the soul of the, the recently departed person from any um, evil forces or evil spirits that might try to attack. Um, and uh, so he, he takes the job needing money and things devolve in, in unsettling ways that I won't reveal yet until we're in spoiler free zone. I mean, spoiler zone. So uh, yeah, that's kind of the general, the general setup. Very good. Very that was, good. That was a very good setup. Um, I will say, you know, a little bit of this is probably going to be an inside thing for for Chris and I, but um, the guy that hires him, Reb, uh, I I couldn't watch this movie and see Reb and not think of a mutual friend of ours. He reminded me so much of Matt. Um, the look, the body style, the mannerisms, he just he reminded me of Matt. So every time I saw this movie, I was like, Oh God, that's Matt. I, I can't I can't take this Reb character seriously. I'm waiting for a comic line from Matt. Um but yes, it was uh fantastic. And one of the let's we'll just jump right into it. We we are a spoiler filled podcast, so okay. we'll we'll go through there. Okay. Didn't know if you um, gave a warning beforehand. We do not. Our warning is, hey, we're a spoiler-filled podcast. Don't watch us if you don't want to be spoiled. But um, this movie uh, had some fun things to it. I love, 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 love a movie that you can argue it's not happening. This is all in their mind. And they set that up kind of early that they could they could argue this, this Mazik, this... Um, him everything that's happening to him while he's uh being a shoimer is is all in his own head he's taking medication he even makes a phone call at one point uh, to his doctor and says i'm seeing things again you know i'm hearing things that aren't there again so he's gone through this before and i love that i love it when you can argue it's not really horror because it's it's a mental illness, you know, but isn't that the real horror? They're they're going through this thing in their own mind. So even though they've kind of laid the track, you could still argue, yes, it, the Mazic is real. No, it's not real. This this movie has the potential for a great debate. And I love that about this movie. Yeah, definitely. And I would also mention that the all of the events that happened to Yaakov are contained um within either the house or there's a brief scene kind of towards the end where he's like out in the street but while he's within the house really nobody else is privy to this except for mrs litbach who we're told has severe dementia and yeah. so you know she's not necessarily the most reliable reporter of, of events either you know if you were to like come out in the world and say oh this is happening people will probably dismiss him as being unstable uh, and Mrs. Litbach, you know, if she's known to have dementia, 
nobody like it, everything's very self-contained in the story yeah and it was also suspenseful as hell yes like from from the moment they're walking up to the house it, it felt like that you know that scene in the dark night the very beginning of the movie when it sounds like a string is just being like we they were kind of felt like they were doing that just building this tension that tension really didn't go away mm-hmm. like i was i was tense the entire time and i i like that about this i was like wow i was like i'm expecting a jump scare i'm expecting something and nope nothing okay all right all right let's watch this nope nope not there either okay but it, I, it could get me this time no no it didn't but it, it could have it was like that, like the entire the entire time. It was good. I I, I like that part of it. Definitely. I agree with you, Chris. I I thought um, there was great tension building, and I I was definitely on edge almost the entire yeah. time. I think that was due partially to really great sound design. You mentioned the yeah. kind of string pulling sound. I thought the yep. sound design was really really well done. It seemed as though there were always some kind of low pitched kind of menacing sound throughout most mm-hmm. of it, uh, and then when during parts where music kicked in, it was this kind of low, like throbbing, like that yep. really kept my teeth on edge. Um, and I also, and, uh, the... I'm, I'm sorry, I missed that. How'd, how'd that go again? <laughs> uh, that was a one-time show. Uh, uh, for me though, yeah. that, that was really good because that helped hammer home the, the possibility of it being in his head because yes. I, I get that. Uh, every so often where I've got like this whoosh, whoosh, whoosh sound in my head. So that whoosh, whoosh, that we were getting in the sound design from him was reminiscent of something that was going on in my head. And I'm thinking, oh, this, so this is what's happening in his head. Uh, so that was that was really good. Now, I do have to disagree a little bit with the tense part in the very beginning um, with because that, that when they're walking up to the house is within the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, he goes through the meeting. We get to yep. feel a little bit about um, uh, Yaakov, uh, the love interest of his. Uh, we learn that, you know, he's interested in her, but he he's so shy. He doesn't know how to tie and he's looking up like how to talk to women on his phone. Um, but that scene where him and Reb are walking up to the house, that sound was, you know, building and dramatic, intense. And I'm thinking, OK, are, are we supposed to feel something here? Cause I really, I wasn't feeling it at that point in time. The house didn't have a kind of menacing look to it. I looked at it and went, I, I actually said to my wife, are we supposed to feel tense here? Because really all I see is New York and I'm not getting, you know, the, the tense of this. Um, so that kind of lo- pulled me off my guard. And then once the, he Reb leaves and Mrs. Uh, Livvok goes upstairs uh, and shit hits the fan. I'm like, okay, now it's, it's got me. What the fuck is happening now? So it was like, they, they were kind of leading me down this path and went, Nope, we're going to trick you a little bit. And that put me off guard. And then they pulled me right the fuck in was like, all right, here you go. <laughs> Took me for that wild ride. I, I really thought that that first, um, him and Reb were walking up to the house and we were talking about how we, the tension was like, how the music was building to like bring that tension. Um, the tension for me didn't really hit like what it really built until you got into the room with the body and the music abruptly stopped. Mm-hmm. The moment it abruptly stopped, I was like, that's when I got tense. That's when I was like, Oh damn. Like, okay. All right. Let's, let's see what's going to happen. And then of course you're just watching this body <laughs> you know, this entire time. And you're just like, every time they put the body on the screen, 
or it's in the background and you're looking for things were shot in such a way to force you to look behind people on purpose yes. for nothing for like nothing. Most of the time it was nothing. Sometimes there was like a, like the shadow thing, uh, uh, the, uh, Mazik. Uh, but most times it was absolutely nothing there. And that was just incredibly tense for me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it still brought up your expectations of yeah. seeing something that you're looking like, what's going to move, what's going to pop up. Is it going to, yeah. Um, I don't know about you guys, maybe I'm alone in this, but I actually, I, I feel like my tension started to build a little bit while he was still in the support group meeting, but he looked out the window and saw Reb Shulam leaning on a lamppost, because at that point in the story, we don't know who that character is, and he's almost entirely in shadow, and so I thought, who, is this somebody menacing? Is this somebody who's waiting to jump him? Like, what Especially because he's talking yeah. about needing money and stuff like that. And then you see a guy outside. It's like, oh, is he going to break his legs? What's going on? Right. And so I was already kind of paranoid about what, what this figure is and what's going to happen to him. Is this somebody, you know, is this a criminal or, and a, you know, it turned out to be somebody relatively benign. But I also felt like in the conversation that they're having on the way to the house, Reb Shulam tells Yaakov, oh, we had somebody who started earlier in the evening, but he left. And Yaakov's like, he left? He goes, yeah, he, w- he was afraid, and so he left. And he says this very flippantly. And if I were Yaakov, I'd really want to know more about what the hell caused my predecessor to just up and leave suddenly, you know, late at night while watching a dead body. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I'd, I'd probably want to be brought up to speed on that before jumping in. So, well... For me, that was tension building as well. For me, that aspect, and I actually said to my wife, I need to reevaluate my career choice because he was getting paid <laughs> $400 to sit for five hours. <laughs> yeah, but uh, over half. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. I can work with that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, what's up, Mazik? Come on down. Let, 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 I got some uh, chips. I, you want some key lime wayfails? We're good. Come on. So, yeah, no, no. We That's. Yeah. Can I offer you a Bill Lincoln? Oh, why are you gonna insult the Mazig like that? That's that's horrible. Um, Mazig don't want no lentils. <laughs> speaking of the Mazig, um, I was unfamiliar with that term. I, I wasn't. Uh, I I knew Mazikeen, uh, but that's more of a, a Christian-based faith uh, uh, character. So I wasn't sure what a Mazik was in in Hebrew or, or Jewish uh, faith. Oh, and by the way, I, I made this and I forgot to play it at the beginning. So one second. Okay, so um, <laughs> hello and welcome to the Horrorpocalypse in Hebrew. Um, oh, that's cool. So, uh, but looking it up, it, it, everything I read about the Mazik was that it's a uh, like a mischievous uh, spirit, but usually a child. So hmm. I didn't see how that fit with this uh, story. Um even in the beginning, when we're getting the flashbacks as to what happened to Mr. Uh, Ludwig to, to bring the Mazik to hit this house, um, I didn't see a child. I didn't see a child anywhere. It was it was a man who was forced to shoot a, a woman uh, by a Nazi uh, soldier. We see the Mazik coming through uh, the shadows more. The more we get that flashback, the more we see the Mazik coming through the shadows. And I loved that scene when the... the uh, 
the SS becomes the Mazik behind him and those fingers wrap around his shoulders. Oh my God, that was so powerful. And, and the imagery was frightening. I mean, you could just mute it and watch it that way. And you would still get the same chills. It was gorgeous. Um, but I didn't understand the, the Mazik itself. Everything I read was saying it was a child. What are, hmm. what do you guys know about that? I had not heard that it was a child. The first the first time I heard of this movie was um, about a month ago. It got a cover story on Room Ward. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading Room Ward's interview with Keith Thomas, the writer and director. And he mentioned how that was, you know, a, a demon spirit figure in the, you know, kind of the, that goes way back in, in the Jewish tradition. Um, he didn't mention anything about it being a child. And so maybe he just chose to leave that part out of his interpretation. I'm not sure. The way he described it was just as um, sort of an animalistic spirit that feeds on like brokenness and trauma and um, past, you know, past pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's, that's really what I got out of that. And that fit is this story too, because not only did did Ludwig have that, but uh, we find out as the movie progresses that Yakov had it as well, where he blamed himself for what happened to his younger brother. And I don't blame him for that one bit. I I have a younger brother who, um, uh, for the longest time, you know, he was my my heart and soul. I this was my little buddy. This was uh, I helped raise him. This is. my, my best friend and, and so on. So if anything happened to him when he was a kid, I probably would have been destroyed. Well, no, <laughs> Chris, you know, when he was a kid, you uh, know, there are some times where it would have been appropriate to not yeah. <laughs> cry, <clears throat> but no, I, so I can imagine the, the torture and pain he's going through with, with that. Um, so that kind of led his to led down to his brokenness. Um, and what allowed him to be susceptible to the Mazik as well. And I think Mrs. Ludvox saw that. And that's why she said, no, no, he, he needs to go. He needs to, to go. Get out. Yeah. yeah. Um, what were you going to say, Chris? I forgot. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say, you mentioned the children aspect of it. And <clears throat> well, as you were talking, I started looking it up because I, I didn't go look up Mazik. I should have, but I didn't. And uh, I'm reading a lot, a whole lot of weird stuff they're talking about, but uh you mentioned the child portion. He saw his little brother. Mm-hmm. And when you see what, um, uh, Oh Lord, I, I'm going to screw up the, the name of the dead guy. Litvak, 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 Litvak. Thank you. Mr. Litvak. He was forced to kill. Was it his sister or something like that? Or at least a, at least a, someone younger than him. Is what I thought it, it was his like. wife. I thought it was his, his first wife, wife but, but I, I may have misinterpreted that. I, I thought it was a woman. I, I didn't know any any relation. I didn't catch that. Didn't Remember we I, hear I, from Reb Shulam that was that he, wasn't he married before? He had like a wife and a child or something, and they were lost to him in the yes, Holocaust, yes, and then he restarted yes. his life with Mrs. <clears throat> Litvak. Yeah. Okay. No, you're right. Um. So my theory uh is shit. So never mind. <laughs> well, I might be wrong. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> no, no, you're probably no, you're probably right because. I, I was coming down from being high when I was watching this. So I may have completely overlooked that. So, <clears throat> but I, I don't, I don't, I don't do drugs. Drugs are bad. Okay. <laughs> well, so I think this kind of brings me to probably the thing I like most about this movie. Um, I'm always looking for like, what's the, what's the theme here? What is this movie really about? And I like how this movie is really about, um, 
like the futility of looking backwards and continuing to live in past trauma and how if you're going to live your life and and move forward you have to confront it you have to face your past pain and trauma and persecution and lord knows um jewish people have had more than their fair share of that for as long as they've existed um so i think that kind of makes it very ripe for this type of movie because they have so much painful history to process and confront um and so I think that's that's really what works the best about this movie is the story of this particular character facing his individual trauma and having to quite literally stare himself in the face and and overcome that um, if he's going to move on. So. Yeah. I yeah. I love religious horror, any kind of religious horror, uh, Christian, Jewish, uh, Buddhist, uh, any kind of religious horror. I love it because it's something we deal with on a, on a daily basis. Some of us, myself included, are not religious. Um, but my I've, from the longest time, I would always say when like at one point when I went to work, I drove past, I think it was seven churches and it was various churches. So religion is always there. There from the dawn of time, there was some sort of belief in something extraordinary um, that shaped your, your life, your belief system, what you, how you lived your life and to have a horrific aspect mixed into that, like Christmas horror, it's, you know, something pure and, and, mm -hmm natural and then you mix in something the complete polar opposite that's why i love religious horror but i love when religious horror keeps realism to it and we got that in this movie it, when he went upstairs when um yakov went upstairs and he confronted mrs Ludvok, and he was like you know where's your husband you know because the body's gone <laughs> and she's like he's he's down the hall and she hands him um the teflon and I was like, no, no way, really. And he starts unpacking it and wrapping it around his arm. And he did the seven bands around his arm and the um, the box on his his bicep and on his head. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is real. I need to know more about this. The, the, whoever this director is went the extra mile to make it realistic. And um, I didn't notice if he did around the middle finger, the the three times i think it's three times has to go around the middle finger uh i didn't notice that i believe he did because i think that's where he kind of wrapped it in his hand at that point then he grabs the the candle and he's walking through the the back alleyway or the back alleyway the hallway um but all of the i at that point i was glued to the screen uh my i didn't blink <laughs> the whole time that drew me in and that was the i i want to say the final nail in the coffin no pun intended but uh that kind of drove it home that I love this movie. Um, and I even went back and I, I looked up more um, about the Teflon and what it, uh, the meaning behind it. Do you guys uh, mind if I read a little something about that? Please, please. Absolutely. Because I had no idea what the hell he was doing. I was just like, okay. Hey, look, he's putting boxes on his face. So <laughs> Each one of those boxes has a very special meaning. Um, it's, is written in a, a particular type of ink. You know how they, they say um, you can't have anything unless it's kosher. And what makes it kosher, it's, it's um, lack of a better term, I, I'm unfamiliar, the blessing, I guess, basically, by uh, a rabbi to make sure that it's pure and, and all of that. Uh, this um, is very similar. They have the, um, 
different sigils on the outside. And inside that box is um, four, I believe it's four parchments uh, taken from um, the, uh, the the religious uh, side of it. Uh, what, is, what is that called? Oh, my God. The book. The Torah. The Torah, yeah. Um, and uh, glad you said it because I almost said Quran, and I was like, "No, it's not." No, I know. That's why I was like, "No, you're wrong. Stop it." Once again, Chris <laughs> does not reflect the views and opinions of that of horror. Podcast. I knew I was wrong. <laughs> but um, it, it does have uh, some writings in there from Exodus and Deuteronomy, which I um, actually wrote it down here. And after reading it, I was like, "Wow, this has a lot of meaning too, tied to what." we were watching in the vigil. Um, so I'm just going to take a minute and, and read this. Um, one of them is made up of Exodus 13, one through 10. That says the Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Um, Yaakov was the firstborn male. His younger brother was the, the second male. So we were already with that. Uh, then Moses said to the people, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Eat nothing containing yeast. Okay, that was a little weird that it threw in, <laughs> that in about how you come out of Egypt. Don't eat yeast. Um, but that also kind of reflects what's happening here, because it's almost like he's the land of slavery he's coming out of living in his past he's he's being you know freed from um the torment that he had throughout his life uh today in the month of aviv you are leaving when the lord brings you into the land of the canaanites hittites amorites hivites uh, he swore to the ancestors to give you a land flowing with milk and honey you are to observe this ceremony this month for seven days eat bread made without yeast and on the seventh day hold a festival to the lord eats unleavened bread during these seven days. Nothing with yeast in it is to be seen among you. He really hates yeast, nor wow. shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders. On the day, on that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This observance will be for you like a sign in your hand and a reminder on your forehead. Remember those boxes? His hand, his forehead. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. The Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hands. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time year after year. We also have Exodus 13, 11 through 16. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you as he promised an oath unto you and your ancestors, you are to give over to the Lord the first offering of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. In days to come, when your son asks you, what does this mean? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrifice to the Lord the first male offspring of every womb, and redeem each of my firstborn sons. And it will be like a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. So I get a lot of what we, his final battle, you know, basically with himself yeah. in that. And it's, it's, this is something that's done through prayer. Uh, a lot of the, the old time, you know, Hebrews, this is, I mean, they always wrap that before they did their prayers. And this was something that is with them at all times. But for the movie, it felt very poignant because of what was going on. Yeah, it almost kind of struck me as a protective talisman of sorts. 
mm -hmm. uh, to help him come through this, you know, the, this crucible that he's experiencing to come through it onto the other side. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely agreed on that. There's, there's a lot more, but, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to let that go. Cause it's, it's pretty much the same thing, you know, uh, over and over and over. So <laughs> just well, everything. Go ahead. Sorry. While we're talking about that scene, I wanted to ask, what did you guys think about how that played out with him slowly walking down the hallway and finally coming face to face with the Mazik at the end, which at first has his face reflecting back to him, but then eventually reveals it's, it's true face, which is, you know, horrific, and then he burns it. What what was your uh, feeling about that particular part? I loved it. We talked about that tension building. Uh, yeah. That was very tension building. I was not a huge fan of the Nightmare on Elm Street push through Walls. the walls kind of thing. Um, it was almost overdone. Uh, I wouldn't have minded if they didn't come out so far, maybe. Um, it looked like the further he got down the hall, though, the further in they kept on getting to him like mm -hmm. the closer they kept on getting so the closer he was getting to the magic the more it was the more the walls kind of closed yeah. in yeah. Yeah. yeah it was understandable but um, I love the lighting I loved uh, the imagery in it um, the the tense music like you mentioned before Chris the, almost like that pulling of the string yeah. everything about it was leading to that that finale that the grand reveal and, and redemption so I uh, I liked it. I really did. I might be alone okay. on this, but I, I kind of, when he saw the face, you know, finally revealed and he reached out with a candle and set it on fire, I almost, I found myself kind of, kind of having a ring moment where I thought, oh, this is too easy. Like something else is going to happen. Did that happen to either of you guys or no? Well, it, it, it did to me. It was too easy because you, you find at the end, it didn't really defeat the Mazic. Yeah. It just looked like he left. It was like, yeah. okay, he defeated it for him and right. for, for Mr. Uh, Levick. Levick. Um, and for him. Mr. L. Uh, just Mr. L. Uh, and after that, it just went on its way. Like, okay, now I got to go back and find some other. I, yeah, but it's like I expected there to be like phase two of the of the battle. You know what I mean? And so I was kind of oh. surprised when it was just like, oh, okay, he did it. It's done. Well, I think that's coming because, uh, like I said, we we see at the end he didn't really defeat the Mazic because we we do see the Mazic again when it's all said and done. It's the final mm -hmm. thing yeah. to see uh, in that blurred imagery coming down the steps and and mm -hmm. then starting to walk down the sidewalk the same way he went. So I think he still has a little bit of reserved um, doubt, self-doubt, um, self-blame, things like that. And I think that's kind of drawing the Mazic back to him. Um, I, I think that was just really allowing him to kind of free Mr. Ludwig, uh, Ludwig. It wasn't so much for uh, his defeat. I think he temporarily defeated it. So I think hmm. there's more to come. That could be a yeah. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, that would that would be a good a good uh, setup for a sequel. I guess if you're looking at the the Mazik as a representation of his grief, um, you could sort of make the argument that there is no total banishment of the Mazik. It will always be there, but you can at least keep it at bay, mm -hmm. perhaps. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe we could interpret it that way. Like it's still there. Agreed. But, uh, People. 
people who come on the show are like way more deep than I am. I, I don't (laughs) like that. I get amazed sometimes that people come up with, I didn't see that. Like I did not see that at all. Like in my head, I was like, okay, it's still there. Maybe there's something at the end of the credits. And I just fast forwarded all the way through to the end and thinking I was going to get like the Marvel moment. Um, But I I don't know if I could sit through a sequel (laughs) to this if it was, if it was offered continuing with him though. I mean, like if you want to move it along to somebody else, sure. Maybe like a different story, but. You're talking about the Marvel moment. You thinking like, you know, um, Yakov goes to a bar to drown his sorrow after the, the Schoimer. They ain't come, <laughs> and Bruce they Willis come, sitting there. <laughs> Beth comes in and goes, hey, we've got a new job for you. Da-da-da-da. You know? <laughs> We're building the Yiddish Avengers. You need to, you need to come with us. Oy vey. <laughs> Oy vey. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. I, I really did like the actor who played Yakov, though. I thought yeah. he was very um, sympathetic and uh, seemed very authentic. I felt <laughs> more for him. I felt more for him than I did say the the brother from Hereditary. You know, he was almost annoying, but this kid, I, I felt bad for. You know, I, I kind of wanted to to call him and be like, "Hey, I'll be your friend. You know, let's hang out, man. I got you. <laughs> yeah, I'll teach you how to use your cell phone. I got you. <laughs> I got you, boo." <laughs> I read in the in the room in the room org feature actually that um, all the other people at the support group meeting from the beginning are actually they're not I don't know if they're you know complete amateur actors or not or non actors I mean but they are actually former members of the Orthodox Jewish community who have left the community oh. Oh. so really really so uh, that was real going for realism yeah, yeah. wow yeah <laughs> all right. Uh, I think we've pretty much covered covered this movie, so we can head on to the the final bits if you guys are ready. Ooh, All right. Final bits. Well, I don't think this one's really gonna have a point, but I mean, I, I, I hold on. Best kill. <laughs> there really wasn't one. Mister Letvik's uh, wife or. Daughter, yeah. Isn't that the only one? And the and the little brother. Oh, the little brother. Yeah. I I, I I found that hard to watch. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, I'm very sensitive to things happening to kids. And, Even uh, though it was so, all off camera. It was, but well, I didn't know it was going to be all off ca- off camera, so I was kind of averting my eyes and not fully fully watching because I didn't know if they were going to show something you know graphically happening to the the child, but. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, you can't really, I don't know if you can really pick a favorite kill from those two very <laughs> upsetting, heartbreaking moments. Which depressing death do you prefer? Yeah. Death number one or death number two? I can tell you my favorite scare. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, yeah. the, the, the moment that kind of disturbed me the most, like where I was like, oh, this is wrong, was when he gets the phone call from his therapist and he's explaining what's going on and really pouring out his heart. He's like, I'm trying to calm down. You know, I think I'm okay. But the, the things the doctor is saying just start sounding kind of off. Like, mm-hmm. like when he's like, was the head turned completely backwards? Why does he know that? Um, and then he gets a call waiting and he flips over and he hears the doctor's voice saying, Yakov, it's Dr. So-and-so. I got your call. You know, what, what's going on? And you realize that the first person he's talking to is not the doctor. And to me, that's one of those moments where 
it's it's so upsetting to me because it's just what you thought was real is is not and the person you thought someone was is not and uh just everything's upside down and that just really got under my skin yeah it's kind of that psychological thing like oh shit reality is not what i thought all right chris uh oddly enough uh also another thing that happens to uh uh yakov which is the <laughs> he walks away uh from looking at the body and getting out of the chair walks walks over towards the stairs and uh was he texting he was texting with uh the girl or sarah or something like that or he was on the phone or something and, and he all of a sudden gets a uh a recorded message and he goes to play it and it's somebody else filming him walking to him and, and the old lady's hands going through, mm. going through his hair. I was like, okay, all right. That's <laughs> I was like, that'll do it. Just, just, Super creepy. Hand, just, yeah, just the hand that went through the hair. I was like, okay, now you touched me. No, <laughs> uh, but that, that's, that's what got me. But uh, what about you, Michael? I am going to go with the, the obvious one. Uh, when he hears the, the noise in the kitchen, and he goes walking over and the, the cracking and watching that toe drag Ooh, across the yeah. top of the tile and the and then when it finally like pressures and the whole toenail just pops off and then he turns the lights on and that that black muck covered body just drags itself quickly off screen I that I loved it I was like oh fuck that is great <laughs> i was like that is awesome uh so for me that was the best one yeah all the that other- one was like a punch in the heart yeah yeah all the others were creepy even the end even really when the final time you because you see that shadow coming down the steps and i'm thinking all right well maybe that's one more rabbi or something and then when it gets to the bottom of the steps and it's almost the same height as it was at the top of the steps and it's kind of blurred out and starts coming towards you i'm like oh yeah. nope, that's still the mask like, all right that was cool Everything was creepy about that, but that toe really did it for me. <laughs> Who would have thought? You know how I have that problem with ET. Mm-hmm. That see that to me that's the ET finger. That's You're exactly what that is. Weird. You're that just toe. weird. <laughs> All right. Chris, do you have a, a digit problem? What's <laughs> I? It's the long, creepy like hand movements, and ET captured it perfectly. That ruined like any seeing that imagery forever for me uh it makes me jump no matter what like if there's some kind of creepy finger um so that scene whenever we with the ss becoming the mazic behind him that must have really got you it it curdled like i i was like oh okay all right no we're good uh it helped that the fingers look like bananas that was helpful um (laughs) but uh they kind of did i mean they were all like you're really big and and I can only think of that Family Guy skit. No, LaRonda, I can talk. And he's tapping on the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> I got 17 people on hold. I can talk. Tink, tink, tink. <laughs> so that, um, uh, that scene in, uh, oh, I almost said seven, uh, Signs, where Mel Gibson knows that the, the alien's inside, his, inside the cupboard, and he takes the knife and just kind of is peering to, to look underneath it and the fingers come shooting out that yeah that no i'm done so you have no, a fear of being fingers. penetrated yes okay. yes <laughs> by long fingers by long okay. extraterrestrial fingers yes 
Let's jump in. Even though I heard, I heard the glowing feels good, but I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> kind of fills me with warmth. Let's rate this bitch. On a scale of one to five, how would you rate your pain? So rating, Jacqueline, kick us off. What are you giving this movie out of five? Well, I, I think that especially for a first feature, which this was for Keith, I almost said Keith Richards. Um, what's his name? Keith Thomas? Thomas. <laughs> um, <laughs> who knew? Keith Richards making a horror movie. No, for- Thomas Keith, I think it's his name. Uh, Keith Thomas, you read the first name. Keith Thomas. Oh, okay. So uh, this was his first film. He wrote and directed it. I think it shows amazing skill in creating atmosphere and telling a story. I really like the narrative techniques he used with on all the time until he lets you in on it later on. So it keeps you engaged. Um, But it's not so much as to be confusing that you're like, what the hell is going on here? You know, it's kind of just the right amount for me. So I thought the storytelling was really great. Atmosphere was great. Acting was really good. Um, There were a few little quibbling things that I thought kind of betrayed that this was his first feature. I thought there were a few things that maybe weren't totally fleshed out. Um, So I I have to say I might have been a little confused used as to the precise role of Mrs. Litvak here and like why she was supposed to have dementia when I didn't feel that she really displayed that in her in her character's behavior. Um, but I, I don't know that that's really terribly important. A couple of the early, like very early beginning scares, like letting him know that something's wrong in the house seemed kind of like really cliched sort of things like oh the lights are flickering oh, there's a bumping upstairs it's kind of like okay you know it felt kind of like okay everybody uses that um but overall i thought it was a really uh skilled first outing and i am really looking forward to seeing what this guy does in the future so i would give it i'm gonna give it four stars all right that's a good score not bad not bad at all Christopher? <clears throat> yeah, okay, Michael. Um, I, uh, uh, um, I don't know. Put a lot of thought into that? I, <laughs> I did. I did. I put a lot of thought into this, and what I've come away with is I need to spend more time with my dad, apparently. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no I, I actually, I, I agree with you on all your points. I, I thought it was very tension-filled, uh, which... Sometimes I like and sometimes, uh, excuse me, which I usually like and sometimes I don't like. This time it got me in one of those, yeah, this is good. Like I, you coiled me up. Where do I snap? Like you just tell me where to snap. Um, I followed his journey. Uh, I, I love the fact that you're absolutely right about the argument that can be said, whether this is his head or whether this is actually happening. And that was one of the things that halfway through the movie, I'm like, and this is where we find out it's in his head. Or not. Okay, we keep going. All right. That's it, it kept you thinking uh, a, a lot of the times, trying to figure out what was what was really going on. Um, so I enjoyed it. Um, I know I can speak for Katie, uh, who watched it with me, and she said she will never watch that again. Uh, she doesn't do really well with, with tension. And all this really did was make her really um, uh, anxious. anxious. Uh, so I, I was like, okay, well, look at your phone. You know, just 
kind of half pay attention. Uh, for the standard person who wants to see like a, a something to scare them or something to pull the, put them in that that kind of uh, that kind of feeling, uh, this is really really good for it. I, I I thought this guy was fantastic at building it. Um, I'm giving it a three and a half personally. Uh, I I love that tension. I thought it was really good. And if this director can do this again with something else, even if he wants to keep on um, with the Jewish horror, because I actually, I, I just clicked on his name while you guys were talking about him and I was trying to see a little bit more about him. Everyone keeps pointing in that, in that general direction. Like he seems to pop up with people like Stephen King and um, I don't know that person's name, but uh Anyway, in either case, uh, he's up there. He's a very good writer, and he's obviously very good at, at what he's doing. And I would like to watch some more. What about you, Michael? I absolutely loved this movie. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen a movie that I don't remember blinking. You know, uh, mm. I, I actually, uh, by the time Reb and Yakov had walked to... Um, Ludwig's or Ludwig's house. I put my phone down and I didn't pick it up again until the end, um, which is a rare thing nowadays. It's that I mean, hell, during the the show, I've looked at my phone a few times now. So, um, it's been a long time since I've they seen. They do it during the boring parts. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Which which one do I want to? Um. So it. it that gets bonus points for me. The, the tenseness, the the fear, the the argument of whether it's in his head or not, the the ambiguity of that, the um, the religious over the highly religious overtones, uh, the themes, um, it made me learn. You know, uh, there were things that I didn't know and I wanted to talk about on this show, and I went out and learned. It was fantastic. Um, my my wife went. She got real tired, and she wanted to go to bed. And she when you know she walked around and came over to give me a kiss. I I was leaning over, and when she kissed me, I was still watching the screen because I wanted to see what was happening. And you know, she, ugh, really, <laughs> all right, fine, pause. All right, go away. <laughs> you know, so there hasn't been a movie that that did that for me in a very long time. So um, this movie was great. Not. Still not a five star for me so far. There's only been one five star this this year, uh, and that was based purely on the insanity of the movie, the music, and I had a lot of fun watching it. Uh, this one is very close, though. I'm giving this one a four point five. Um, nice. So that actually brings our average to a three point eight three, which is still a really good uh, score, even though Chris brought it way down. But. Um, <laughs> No, it was, it was a great movie. I, I really enjoyed it. But um, now for the tough part. Double feature. What are you double featuring this with? Uh, I don't think I mentioned this to you, but if you're familiar with it, Jacqueline, we always try to make a double feature out of every uh, movie. So what, do you, what is your double feature with The Vigil? So I thought about this, and I actually would pair this with The Babadook. Okay. Uh, I thought that it would make a good thematic companion with this film because I think both are about trying to process grief. And I think that the, you know, grief and trauma are handled a little bit 
a little bit differently in each of the two films. So in the Babadook, obviously the Babadook itself represents the, the grief that she's, you know, dealing with with the loss of her husband. Um, it's a little bit different here. In the vigil, the demon is like feeding on the grief, I think. Um, so it's a little bit different, but I think, um, you know, they're, they're thematically similar enough that that's really what the movie, that the movies are about. Um, and so I, I, I think that those would play nicely together. And I think they both have a really um, dread inducing atmosphere. So I, I think they would pair nicely. All right. Chris. Okay. Um, it was a uh, decision. Uh, I had several different thoughts of what, what would actually go really well with this because of how many different directions it kind of feels like it pulls you. Um, I'm going to tell you what I, what I decided on and then I'm going to tell you what the runner up was and, I, and I'll explain that. Um, I thought being the fact that this had to deal with uh, demons and we'll call it possession in a way because it's kind of feeding off of, off of your uh, uh, angst and, and, and your heartache. Um, I threw up there with exorcist because the demon is possessing the girl, you know, and it's not one to let go. It wants it's, it's possession. Um, I thought that would work out pretty well. Uh, you do have a lot of good tense scenes in both of these movies and the exorcist, I mean, is just classic. So, uh, I definitely said that, but the runner up was actually just supernatural. Just, just the supernatural show it, it, it's itself. The moment he put those things on, on on his arm and on his head, and I'm only saying things because I'm horrible with remembering words that quickly, and I don't Definitely. remember what you called them. Definitely. Thank you. Uh, the, actually, <laughs> it was when you said it, it made me think of, oh my god, this guy's becoming a hunter. Like he's putting he's putting this stuff on to go fight the you know the Jewish demon in this case. Uh, you know, whereas next week it could be. Uh, God himself, you know, whichever. It kind of felt like it could have, like he, it could have fallen in that to me. Uh, like it was another, like, uh, I don't want to say freak of the week type episode, but, you know, like a, a good demon chase uh, could work with it. But that's, uh, th- those were my two thoughts. Uh, Michael, you're up. I did. Lo- I, I when that was happening, I thought in my head, oh, my God, this is like the Jewish Rambo. He's, he's on there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I got that too. <laughs> Um, for me, I'm, I'm sticking very generic with this. I'm going to stick with, um, uh, the religious, uh, horror or the Jewish religious horror, horror, and I'm going to go with Dybbuk. Pure and simple. D was it? D Y Y B U K. I think it's how it's spelled. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good, good movie. If you get a chance to check that one out too, check it out. Um, not, I don't think it's as good as this, but it did raise some questions. It made me look up some things with that one as well. So any movie that can make me want to learn something, I'm a, I'm a fan of. Yeah. Um, and that's, like I said, with this one, same thing with Dybbuk. I didn't know what a Dybbuk was or what a Dybbuk box was. And uh, learning all about that, that was, that was great. So I would definitely, since they're both in the same faith, I would pair those two together. That's cool. You remember what year that one was from? Ish? Oh, Dybbuk, early yeah. 2000s. I want to maybe 2010 area. Uh, Spell it again. D-Y-Y-B-U-K. So I was looking for that earlier after you mentioned it to me, and there were a couple different, there was like the Dybbuk box or the Dybbuk this, and there were like two or three with Dybbuk in the title, and I wasn't sure which one you were referring to when you mentioned I, it to me before. So I'll message you about that later. Yeah, I think it's just Dybbuk. 
it was this can't be the same thing. Hmm. Uh, this one says uh, the Dybbuk, nineteen thirty-seven. That yeah, can't no, no, be it. <laughs> that that's definitely not. Yeah, it's close to two thousand and ten. Yeah, yeah. A little bit off. Only about a decade. A little more than a decade. A little more. Just, just, just a little more. <clears throat> um, damn it. I see one from two thousand nineteen. Oh wait, that's a short that, film. Oh, uh, maybe it's D Y B B U K. Yeah, but yeah, that's how I was spelling it. There's one from 2017. The Prince and the Dybbuk? No. There's Dybbuk Box True Story of something. I'm not seeing it on IMDb. I'll, I'll find it. I'm yeah. pretty sure I may even have it, actually. Were you talking about the Dybbuk Between Two Worlds? No. Did you? Uh, um, yeah, I don't see anything else. Everything else just keeps on coming up as either. Uh, that the debate between two worlds or uh, 1937s. Yeah, no, I'll find it. Um, pretty sure that was just the name. If not, like I said, I'll find it and I'll I'll post about it. I'll send it to you. We'll we'll figure that part out. Cool. Um, but Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for the recommendation. This was probably my second rate, highest rated movie this year. So I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it was very good. Thank you so and much also, by on. the way, my non-horror enjoying husband really liked this, so really? that's that's a huge mark in its favor. Yeah, he really liked it. <laughs> well, you and said he hates uh, you. You said he uh, is he. You said he is Jewish. Yeah, he's Jewish. So he. I'm he not. Related, I'm, I'm not. But uh, he's. He probably related to a lot of the things that you know were happening, or um, the the language, uh, possibly. Yeah, he, he knew like he knew about the Teflon. He he knew some of that stuff. Um, I think he he also is like very tuned in to, um, like the the pain and persecution of that Jewish people have faced, you know, for yeah. all of history. And so I think, um, you know, it was probably a pretty cathartic movie to watch for him. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. that's, that's one of the things that I liked about the movie too. Was it showed it back in world war ii and it showed it today with him walking with yeah. his brother and getting tormented on the street you know little jew boy and, and things like that so yeah. um and i mean even today uh what was it the past week we had a, a pretty prominent nba player get uh called out for some anti-semitic um choice of language so yeah. um it's it's tough i mean it, it's not ancient history yeah today. So uh, thanks again. Loved having you on. Uh, it was Thank fantastic. You so much. We're going to have to have you on again. It was great. Oh, um, thanks. Uh, guys, don't forget, you can check us out. Oh, Chris, it was good having you too. Uh, you can check us hey. out uh, on Podbean, Google, Apple, Spotify, Our Heart Radio, YouTube. I've found so many more places. You, uh, Castbox, uh, Last FM, I think. Uh, we're putting them all together in a link tree. So, um, if you are friends of mine personally on Facebook, I did drop out the link tree recently, which does in include all of our links, where you can listen to us, uh, the website, our social media, 
uh, our store. We put that right at the top. Um, don't forget, you can also help support us on Patreon. Uh, as little as $1 a month gets you uh, all kinds of exclusive content, which we have not updated in the last three months. But the point is you can help us out for only a dollar a month. So um, there's, there's more coming. I got to sit down and nail this down with Chris and some other folks and see what we can do to put together some exclusive stuff for you guys. Um, but that's it, guys. Thank you so much for the show. Join us next week. Uh, same fat time, same fat channel right here on uh, Facebook Live. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. You too. Oh, I forgot. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No, no thanks. thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma, I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out.